Welcome, Achievers, to not an easy Achievers Game Podcast, really. This is something new. This is a, I don't know, an Achievers interview, something like that. I, we'll figure it out in post, but I have someone special with me today. I have Dustin Furman. Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. It's been uh, a little bit of a strange day. I don't know if we want to get into this now. I was... Uh, oh, please. I, I like... Uh, I've been doing a lot of like game hunting stuff, and I saw a yard sale that listed it was going to have so, video games, but it's a Wednesday, and that mm, should have tipped me off mm, that it was not going to be good, yeah. but I went out anyway, and these games were like the worst possible condition, and also the worst games. It was like... You got some uh, grandmother that's like, uh, Timmy had this, I don't know what it is, would you like it? No, I, I, that would have been better, honestly. Oh. This was like a guy that uh he just had a bunch of junk let's be mm. honest it was just not worth anything and i was like yeah i'm not really interested in this copy of a uh, guitar hero van halen oh just, uh, <laughs> the, and then like a bunch of gamestop boxes you know with games in oh, them yeah. and it just i was like well that was a waste of time i used to work but at a GameStop. That, i was a manager and i oh, every now and then okay. i have flashbacks and i go fuck and that that just that just gave it to me a little bit where like god those boxes my god oh yeah but Dustin you actually touched something that we're about to get into yeah and that is you doing something on the side but before we do that of course we have Dustin Farmers with today executive producer over on Last Stand Media if I'm correct December 2018 since then uh so yeah I've been working for Colin since 2018 I don't I'm, I can't remember when my role change from editor to executive producer sometime probably when you became the one thing that runs everything so whatever point that that happened it was i think a year before we rebranded so maybe was 2020 ish when that happened okay i don't know all after you turn 25 i'm convinced that everything just runs together and you lose all con concept of time yeah so so that happened to me i'm 20 fuck i do this every time i'm 20 uh, uh Seven. See, this is what happens. I think I don't remember. Just 20, I'm pretty sure I'm 27, and it that kind of happens too. Where like I barely, I, I barely am cognizant of the last five years. Like I just know it happened, and I think oh, COVID yeah. helps too. It's like what sure. has been the last three years? I don't really know. It's just been kind of it happened, and I blinked, and I'm like, oh, I'm. I have a house and shit. It's a lot of weird stuff happened like in like three years and it just bleeds together. But this isn't about me, Dustin. This isn't about me. This is about you. I wanted to bring you on, ask some questions, really just pick your brain. Really. I, I always wanted to have this kind of interview type format for the little um, YouTube that I do on the side here. And I wanted to bring you on and just ask you some questions about the industry, some of your personal life things of that nature i got you for about an hour so we're gonna we're gonna condense that hour and we're gonna make it fun um really quickly you already mentioned it and i think i found it when i was researching a little bit about you so you said you've been hunting around for games and things of this nature you started i don't know if this is like some sort of you said renewed interest on twitter i don't know if that you know you're just being a little Mm -hmm. uh little put a little flavor on but has this something that you're doing regularly are you at like every few weeks going out to these flea markets or something and trying to find like collections of games. Are you trying to build up a collection? Are you just trying to get cool shit? What's up? Yeah. So I, I said renewed interest because 
basically probably when I was in junior high is when I started to want to collect retro games. And so throughout junior high and even some stuff in like my early 20s, uh, on and off, I had collected retro games. And then I kind of it kind of ebbs and flows of collecting like you kind of at least for me i like get obsessed for a little bit and then i'll forget about it for a little while and then come back but now i'm i'm kind of back to it and part of that is just from seeing uh, a lot of retro gaming youtubers out there making content and so it's funny just for me because and i don't mean this in a disrespectful way but i'm equally inspired by people that make great work and people that make bad work Oh. And I saw a lot of great retro game hunting YouTube channels that really inspired me. And I saw some bad ones <laughs> that also did really well on YouTube. And I was like, well, I want to do this anyway. And I clearly have a head start thanks to Sacred Symbols. Yeah. So why don't we just get a GoPro and, and make some videos out of it? And so so you, so you brought up Sacred yeah. Symbols, if I remember correctly. I don't think um I don't think Colin lets us forget. It's the number one gaming patreon ever period right quite the accomplishments yeah as far as public numbers on patreon yeah okay yeah so first off congratulations to you and everyone over there that is no small feat especially when it really just started with i mean really kind of just you and him of course he was the main driver but i mean i'm sure a lot of that success is due to your part as well but um very quick i want to go back very quickly you said retro right What's retro to you? Man. Anything? NES? SNES? <laughs> are we talking Famicom? Are we talking Atari? So, How far do we go back when Dustin is going through these dustbins? So a lot of people consider retro anything that has hit 20 years old. And I think that that is okay. fair yeah. to, to put that kind of definition on it. For me, though... I'm just trying to find either games I find interesting or games from my childhood, um, extending all the way up to sometimes even Xbox 360, Wii, PlayStation 3 era, even though by most people's standards, those are not retro. So I don't know. Some people don't even consider PlayStation 2 retro or or GameCube. Which I I think is a little crazy. I I think we're definitely at the part where PlayStation 2 is definitely retro, especially when you look at the prices of some of these fucking games. Dude, GameCube right now is insane. You can go on price charting th- and just check the average price of mm-hmm. GameCube games, and it is shot up. It is insane. Like, Double Dash right now is an $80 game. Oh, uh, my basically, God. any mainline Nintendo uh, GameCube games are just insane. I remember uh, uh, at my time in at GameStop, one of the incredible things that I never got used to was we would sell uh, DS and 3DS games. Pokemon would be would be more than new games so like if i remember oh, correctly yeah. pokemon soul silver if they would sell that that'd be like 70 to 80 dollars and that's like oh that's cheap now yeah and that's and that that's game. that's a retailer <laughs> that's a retailer that like just throws a price on they're not like gauging the market they regain something right. half the time just throw stuff on there but yeah you said um you said things are shooting up now is this maybe a renewed interest for everyone getting into the nostalgia period, or do you think that's mainly due to the pandemic or is that everything? I think there's a lot of factors at play and you can't really point to one specifically. Mm. I think some of the big ones are, you mentioned the pandemic. And so 
you have everyone locked inside and they've been given thousands of dollars by their government and everyone's just sitting around thinking about dying. So what better to do than spend your extra cash on things that you loved as a kid to help you forget about dying? That's true. So that's, I that's think, true. I think that's one aspect of it. And then I think that also that there's some, uh, you know, there's YouTubers out there that have become more and more popular and have kind of made retro games cool again, mm. I guess, in a lot of ways. Okay. You like Scott the Waz. I was just like, about to ask, do you have a few names? I'm I'm kind of outside of the retro scene, so I don't really know. I know Maddie mm. does a lot of stuff, and he's super into that. I watched a couple, I think I watched his... Um, I, I watched his uh, Final Fantasy X video and he immediately started shitting on it. And I was like, fuck, I thought I had someone yeah. on my side. <laughs> I thought I had one fucking person like this game. But uh, that didn't right. work out. But uh, is there a couple people you, you, sh- you want to shout out as like who revolutionized this kind of retro scene? It started for me. Um, first off, I get it all for my father. He, he played games like when he was growing up and that was the NES era. And he was just mm. he would just play, play, play always got the newest stuff and he hit that mark where he's like oh i i i want all my cool stuff back so he's he's got i think he almost has every system that he's ever nice. wanted and then he has atari i think he even has the atari uh i think it's 7200 if i'm uh, if i'm not getting that incorrect i think it is it might be something else but he has right he has like almost every system he's ever wanted so he's got all that he's slowly buying things he's collecting xbox controllers this man's wild i love him but mm-hmm. with the Retro Quanta, is there someone that you specifically want to, that you say that kind of started this trail that maybe pushed you a little bit into it too? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like trailblazers, of course, like Angry Video Game Nerd is like the OG that's, content that's creator would, when it comes to that, retro. That's, but I think as, as far as like a modern example of that, I think Scott the Waz is probably the biggest. And I'm, I'm not like a... I love I've watched a lot of his videos. I really like his stuff. I don't know if I'm like a mega fan or anything, but recently some of the channels I've been watching are um, Retro Rick and the uh, what is it? It's the the NES Pursuit. Oh, Pixel Game Squad is mm. another one that they're both focused more on the the hunting aspect of okay. it. So it's almost like and this is, you know, this is really smart from a YouTube algorithm perspective is that you like have a niche uh channels amongst a niche hobby as well so it's <laughs> yeah. like there's maddie's channel and that's kind of the funny thing is that maddie's channel we both are doing retro gaming stuff but we're doing it in totally different ways which i think is totally cool okay. that you can do like these different kind of angles to something can you specify the angle that you you would take and that necessarily he does i think so maddie's more focused on like Hey, let, this is a video about Final Fantasy X, like you yeah. mentioned, and we're gonna go through that and stuff like that. For me, my videos, and I'm, I so I only have two videos out right now. I have like one hunt video in one of my I game the, collection, and I, saw the hunt I video. just finished the edit on the next video that I'm really excited about. I feel like it's way better than the other two. Mm, okay, the, yeah, that's a little exciting. Yeah, the um. I feel like my angle is going to is way more like the hunt, the thrill of the hunt in the moment, kind of like vlog style, just because with sacred symbols and the other stuff I do, it's so focused on talking about the games themselves. And there's some of that in, in the videos I've done, but I really, I find the hunt of going and finding a good deal and seeing something in the wild. So 
thrilling that that's kind of what I want to portray in my videos. Ooh, okay. That's okay. I like that. Now, we're going from retro. I think no one to bring up other than retro, of course, is Nintendo, especially when you're talking about retro games. They kind of started Definitely. everything um, when they launched the NES. And you uh, tweeted out a very interesting uh, poll that I wanted to bring up. <laughs> I want to bring up that I'm not, I know that you know what I'm talking about because I laughed mm -hmm. very hard when I saw this. Um, and you said, why, what makes the Switch so stinky? Now, you brought up a bunch of retro stuff. I feel like Nintendo is kind of the retro hub almost, right? What what mm. is it, what about the Switch is like stinky, I guess is the best way of putting it. You put a revolting 30 frames, putrid 5, 540p, and then grody anime fans. I'm I'm sorry, I, I must be I think I'm one of those grody anime fans. I apologize. Me too. Well, okay, that tweet, I like to do a good tweet that some people or the majority of people are going to find really funny. Oh yeah. And then a good amount of people it's just going to go right over their head because yeah. A lot of people know I'm a huge Nintendo and a huge Switch fan as well. But this it, it started as a joke between me and uh, my friend, friend of the show of Sacred Symbols, Jimmy Champagne, where we were like, ah, oh, the stinky. Really, really Switch. quick. It's like really quick. It, I want to interject very yeah. quick. Jimmy Champagne. I love that we've never seen Jimmy Champagne. And I think you brought it up in an episode. I'm glad we haven't seen it. I hope I never do. I hope it's this this almost mythical figure on the show, yeah. like a unicorn that we just never know about, but we always hear about. Right. Yeah. So so him and I like we the thing about the switch, too, is just that as much as we love it and like the OLED switch is really nice, it's just getting too old. And, yeah. it, you know, we've, we're now in the PS5 and Series X generation and we're we're dealing with like. 4k and high frame rates and so when you use the switch it just uh it's got a little bit that that stink on it you know we just got a that stinky switch come on nintendo we need something new at this point if i'm playing the sequel to breath of the wild at 30 fps and 720p uh i'm still gonna be happy but in, i'm also gonna be unhappy <laughs> at the same time all right so uh doug bowser comes out he's like dustin we need help stocks going down the Japanese side of Nintendo is starting to breathe down on me. I need help. What do you recommend that uh, Nintendo do? I think that Nintendo is all about reinventing the wheel in a lot of ways. I mean, they have done follow-up consoles, but they've mm. done it in a horrible way, like the Wii U. Oh, so I, it's a I controller, it's... but a system. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I think people are still enthralled or into the idea of the hybrid console very much so. And I think that really, I don't know if this, if the switch needs very much outside of like a major spec bump along with like, if you could pair it with um, some NVIDIA DLSS upscaling so you can get 1080p 4k type resolutions on the output. I, I really don't think they need to reinvent the wheel on this because they have such a good thing going with Switch. People are into the, you know, uh, Joy-Cons are getting the the other versions that are like yep. bigger or what that. If you don't like it, there's a lot of customizability in the Switch. And so really, man, I think it's just like, and dude, the OLED screen on the new one is fantastic. Oh, it's like, Woo. they have so many elements. So correct. But just like, it's just too old now. We yeah, need a I don't, spec bump. I don't find myself playing it really at all now if yeah. i memory serves you have a steam deck correct i do yeah so are you playing the steam deck as much as 
your other systems? Is this something that you're gravitating more towards, or is this something that's just kind of the cool thing that we all buy and you don't actually play? You just have it. So I went real hard on Steam Deck for probably the first month and a half, two months that I had it because I was doing a lot of traveling uh, during that time. I was either going down to Virginia to visit my parents and see Colin. I spent a few days at Cedar Point, stuff like that. So I was using it a lot. And then more probably about the last month or so, uh, I haven't used it very much, but that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to use something all the time in order to feel good about my purchase, because I know that at any point I could be like, man, I want to play this game and I want to play it on deck, you know, and so then it's there for me. Also, it's like a great uh, emulation device. And so God, right now I've been we doing are like fucking a lot of simpatico on... today, brother. You we yeah. are you are coming with the the easy pivots as soon as I said. So you you mentioned ROMs, you mentioned uh, emulators I want to bring up with Steam Deck. Mm. Have you noticed, because I have, ROMs and emulators have been a thing uh, 10, yeah, 10 years or probably more than that now. I don't oh, know. Longer than that. Yeah, yeah, like, and they've become, they were always there. It was almost like, it was almost like the, uh, it's almost like a sex toy. Like, it's there. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you probably have one, <laughs> but you just never talk about it. And, sure. It's become more open with the Steam Deck, whereas there's giant creators openly making videos about, hey, this is my emulated Steam Deck. These are all the games I have on it. This is how easy it is, et cetera, et cetera. What do you make of the basic open talk of emulation and ROMs? Because, you know, you can argue, eh, illegal, illegal, you know, whatever. People will. The cops aren't coming for you, but that's not the argument that Mm. I'm putting here i'm just curious what do you think of the kind of renewed interest in roms and emulations because of the steam deck well i think that it's more than just steam deck that's causing people to be more interested in emulation it has to do with the crazy prices of some of these games Mm, okay for example there is no as far as i know there was a little bit of debate on this on sacred sims i don't remember what the outcome was but i to my understanding you cannot easily and cheaply buy a copy of the original silent hill your only option i remember maybe there's one on ps3 but even then you're gonna have to jump through a bunch of hoops in order to actually buy something on playstation 3 at this point right but uh technically ps3 is not a supported console anymore they don't make and manufacture or sell them anymore so that's also a hurdle if you don't have one but there's no good way really to play that game i know that the i am super lucky to have a copy of that game yeah but i didn't when i played it initially because it's like dude that's like 150 dollars to yeah. play that game and so i think that while there is of course no question about its legality i think that there are definitely uh different individual perspectives on the morality aspect of it yeah. and i think that that's gonna have to fall person to person but for me it's like I don't know. I just simply don't care when it comes to a game that's that old and you don't give me any option to pay for it. Or if it's a game I already own, then yeah, I have no problem emulating it. Like, I think some people will feel like that's not the right way to handle it, and that's totally fine, but I it, I don't know. This is kind of our, our thing on Sacred Symbols. It's just like, do whatever you want to do. Do yeah. what feels right to you as long as it's not like, you know, you're not killing somebody or whatever, right. but... Um, 
I don't know. The emulation scene, though, is crazy right now. Like stuff that can be done with GameCube and different consoles and the Steam Deck, like you mentioned, is just crazy. That's how I played the original Silent Hill was on Steam Deck, and it was a fantastic experience. Okay, so, yeah, you mentioned the ROM simulators. I'm curious. Hmm. You know what? No, we're going to move from that. That's a good that, that you you nailed it. You nailed it. I okay. I I would yeah. only echo what you say. You you've nailed the the ROM simulations. I've never had a problem with it. So I, I I really I, it's like um okay, like uh I think I uh what did I play the other day on an emulator? Uh, su- uh oh, the original Suikoden. Right? Mm, My dad's old company okay. or whatever. If I go yeah. and buy Suikoden 1 and play it, no none of that money goes to the people who made it. So why is it a I don't know. To me, it's like, why is it a problem? Because like, if I go right. and I buy all the things for that, not a single money, uh, dollar goes to to someone who actually had a hand in doing anything with it. So uh, that's mm-hmm. where my morality kind of like stresses. Where I'm like, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't see an issue with it. Of course, legally, there's an issue with it, but the the actual moral implications. As long as you're not straight up torrenting games, like within the last year, I think Kotaku got like shit on for a week. Um, uh, register right. so because they like said that you can uh, emulate Metroid or something on something. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? That, that happened yeah. like a year and a half ago or something. So like stuff like that uh-huh. where it's just blatant. Like, yeah, don't torrent games that you can buy specifically right now. Like that's a that's a bit much. Right, and I've seen people make that argument. That it's like it's always morally okay to <laughs> do pirate Nintendo yeah. games, and like, no, it's no, not. Definitely that, not. And. That's been uh, a big part of the conversation with Steam Deck is that it's pretty dang good at emulating the Switch. And I get that. And honestly, I mean, I've never done it, but I wouldn't be opposed to if I own a Switch and I go out and I buy a copy of Metroid Dread, then I think that technically, legally, if you ripped your your copy of the game and then loaded it onto your Steam Deck, you're not doing anything illegal. No, I don't think you so. Could just download I don't think it. that is. I it's think the, the downloading sure right. of the file that I think is kind of yeah. in a gray area. Or maybe not even gray. But that's one of those things where I wouldn't be... I wouldn't even care. I'm like, Nintendo, I gave you my money. So, you know, I, I don't know. There's people that act like if a company does anything that they might consider anti-consumer, that it's suddenly okay to steal from them. Mm. And that's not cool with me. Yeah, and, and uh, to um, probably write, write a bow on, on this ROM talk, um, I found it interesting that a lot of people are even mentioning playing PS3 games on the Steam Deck. And I was like, hmm, interesting. We're getting right, pretty yeah. close to that being uh, PS4 games. So I just thought that mm. was interesting to bring up that People are got so much more open about talking about ROMs and emulators where they never really did before, and now they're being like, "Yeah, I played a PS3 game on there." I was like, mm, "Okay, all right, no judgment yeah, here." It's crazy, dude. All right, um, speaking with um, kind of drifting away from Nintendo and the Steam Deck a little bit. Uh, subscription services, you guys talk about it a lot. I wanted to bring it up here only because, mm. yeah, this is probably this might be aside from China's influences in games. This might be one of the biggest things that's going on right now, right? The subscription renaissance, I guess we could, if we want to be grand about it and talk about it. Where a year, uh, where a lot of people who know their shit talking about this year, you will see growth in subscription services, but maybe not actual physical game sales. What do you see as a landscape coming in the next year to five years where a subscription service 
is starting to benefit the holder more than actually selling their physical games. Of course, not dollar per dollar amount, but if they're seeing full-on capital gains from their subscription services over their physical games, maybe that will drive Microsoft, PlayStation, Switch to double down even more than they already are on these subscription services. I think that there is a happy medium, and I know maybe some people listening to this as a... Uh, a guy from a PlayStation podcast will think <laughs> that I'm uh, uh, being a fanboy here or something, but I really do think that Sony's approach from a um, industry health perspective is is better in that they are able to make their huge AAA games and sell them for full price, and the subscription makes more sense for um, smaller titles, maybe at launch. You know, we just saw Stray on the PlayStation subscription or um back catalog stuff and i don't know it's one of those things where i'm like i'm a game pass subscriber and i Me currently too. have the playstation subscription and mm -hmm. i don't know if i'll keep it but it was only 20 dollars to upgrade for till the end of my thing so i was like cool whatever i'll do that so i think that just the the problem right now with game pass is just that they're the the first party content is just not there for it. And I think that they're experiencing like a major lull. And then the stuff they are releasing is not always doing so well. I think that, and I mean, we've talked about this on sacred, but like halo, halo infinite, infinite like, staring into the abyss. <laughs> oh, it hurts me so it hurts. bad. It really as does. A big halo fan. I, it's like very deeply frustrating and upset, upsetting to me because I love that series. I love that IP. And I even love, halo infinite at first like i love what mm. the core of that game is but they've just completely fumbled it now i don't know i'm kind of getting away from the subscription service no aspect, no no, no. But... I, I think but i think microsoft's the one that you, i mean i think anyone's bringing that up right because they've been mm. at it longer and they've put more ball uh more eggs in this subscription basket they already said every first party game is coming to game pass and that's mm. that's a full stop sentence. There's no buts or if or like if it's a first party, it will be on their subscription. So I feel like that is one of the things where you bring up where, yeah, that's that's kind of the one that we have because that's the one that's the longest. And also that's the one that's kind of. Could be a future representation of what the gaming landscape looks like. I want to quickly bring up since you brought up Microsoft. The landscape being since Halo Infinite has been such a dud. And it's pretty clear that, and I am an Xbox fan, just, just to give you like a background, that we yeah. aren't getting anything <laughs> this year. Uh, as far as first party goes, That's I think that's pretty clear. Uh, with Redfall and um, Starfield being delayed, it's almost uh, upsetting to talk about. And I want to quickly get, because I don't think you, I feel like you don't talk about Xbox a lot, obviously, because you're on PlayStation Podcast. But sure. with yeah. the only discussions being really Microsoft on what they're going to buy next like that's kind of the only thing that's like exciting to talk about which is kind of sad but with that being the only talk uh, about with getting excited for microsoft and another year going by i've i've been a fan like giving them money and things since 2013 so like since i could afford money and buy things myself right ever since then it's really the the zeitgeist around xbox has been well you'll get the game soon and it's been uh, it's been almost ten years, and it's it, we've gotten a couple of games, but we have not gotten I would say a PlayStation esque year yet. We have not gotten like a 
holy shit, Xbox was way better this year than anything else. Whereas PlayStation, I can point to like almost three years since then, probably, that PlayStation has basically won the year. What do you think about Microsoft's kind of outlook on the industry right now? Uh, they were in the news actually recently because uh, their sales are down uh, for the quarter. Uh, first time in, I believe, three quarters. They were, of course, they they did some flowery lettering, but they were they were down. Uh, but what do you think? Right. I think that the main issue that Microsoft has current has had has currently and will continue or at least needs to work on needs to figure out is this whole management aspect mm. is that they continue to gain more and more studios. And as they gain more, it'll be, become more difficult for them to manage them all. And we see like there's so many studios and this is something Colin repeats often. I think he's right, is that if they can get their ducks in a row with these studios, they can have a major release like once every other month, like maybe even more than that. They have such an insane amount, but they can be constantly hitting with like top tier content. But as of right now, like you said, it's just like Xbox fans have been like trained to wait and we wait have. and wait. And then I keep telling yeah, myself next year is the year. And I told myself this year, I'm like, all right, next year is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Been doing that well, for almost eight years now. That management aspect, I mean, goes beyond it. Not to fully repeat myself, but I mean, Halo Infinite is and 343 as a studio has been what I would consider almost an in, like a failure. Yes, yeah, it. yeah I definitely agree. Ten year. And dude, it's uh, like I was. I was there. I bought Master Chief Collection Me day too. one. Me I was too. so excited. Yep. Only to have major disappointment. Halo 4 was not great, but not bad. But you know, you kind of give them a pass. It was for like that it was first. like Force Awakens. You're like, all right, I'll see like, what's okay. coming next. Okay. This wasn't terrible. Yeah. Oh, five. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well. Yeah. And then five is just I, I replayed five last year before. Oh, I'm out. so sorry. OK. Oh, yeah. You're right. Uh, worse than I remembered. Yeah. No, it's it, no. it's somehow where I it really is astonishing. Like I I remember replaying it uh, to um, I don't remember the reason. I think I was just replaying it because I was bored like two years ago or something. And yeah, right. it is. It is as bad or worse than you remember. I remember being like, oh, that's right. Like this whole like plot is just gone halfway through the game like it just doesn't make any sense like halfway through oh god and there's like six characters that they never touch on they're just in the background what the fuck is going on uh, it's not important but but yeah um yeah halo infinite being a major disappointment i i was right there on master chief collection as well me and um my regular co-host on the show alex bought it day one went to play it didn't work couldn't couldn't play it so that was uh and that's halo like that's like if that's for people who maybe not understand. That's like if PlayStation released all three God of Wars and they just didn't work or something or like all three Uncharted. Yeah. The That's like if the Nathan Drake collection just came out and was like, oh, you can't play it for like two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Can't it's play it for two uh, weeks. Well, it's like what? They, Sony kind of had something happen to them that was similar when SOCOM came out for PlayStation 3. Oh, wow. And then the network died. That's true. Uh, oh, my God. I forgot all about that. And Drive Club was kind of a... A similar situation. Oh yeah, Drive yeah. Club, man, what a disaster! Wow, that was one thing that um that uh I remember back then. Of course, I was younger, so I was a little more fanboy back then. But I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. Finally, they get a taste of what it's like. Is Drive yeah. Club was one of the things I was like, 
How does it feel? All right. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was no good. I mean, and I mean, Sony. That, and I think that's kind of shows a little bit of the the difference in management is that yeah, they they both went and got fixed, but Sony cleaned house afterwards yeah. and was like, no, we're not dealing with this ever again. And closed uh, down studios. Three four three. I don't. They went on to do well. I guess it was which was first, Master Chief Collection or Halo Five? I think Master, uh, Chief, Master Chief was the year before, and Halo Five came out right yeah or is that so, opposite um I don't know. what yeah it's not important but either uh, way but they didn't go and make a lot of necessary changes i think at 343 no and now we're dealing with um whatever halo infinite is now no they didn't and i would love to see what that looks like like what what does it look like when when microsoft goes like hey we should probably fix this and i had that backwards so it was uh 2014 was master chief Halo 5 was 2015. So I had that backwards. They're almost oh, a year okay. apart from each other perfectly. Yeah. But yeah, kind of, yeah, putting, wrapping that up. Yeah. I, I really don't understand what's going on over there. I'd love to know. It seems like they have a checkbook and they're just fucking ripping that thing out. Like, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Game Pass. Well, that's that. No problem. Here's that. I wonder what the, what's going to be the uh, holiday game now since we don't have anything. What's game, what's coming to Game Pass? I'm very curious. We'll, we'll find out for sure. Um, going back to subscription services just for a second, because we, we, we went on an entire rate there. Um, yeah. going back to the landscape, what do you think it looks like in five years after this? And then, uh, I'll have something to kind of put us in a bow tie for the whole episode after that. But after, after that, uh, full conversation we had with, uh, Microsoft kind of being in the low end and then being in the front runner in terms of having their base familiar with a streaming service, not necessarily making a tons of monies off it but they are at least in front in terms of people understanding oh i have an xbox what well, i need game pass that's kind of the overall sentiment that i think most people have about xbox what do you think the industry looks like in about five ten years yeah i feel like right now it's I, there's a lot of like question marks for me that once i know this then i think we can kind of more accurately predict okay from the playstation side i feel like Everything on PS5 has been very good to great. Mm. Uh, but sometimes, specifically I'm thinking of, the two, the two main games that come to mind right now are the new Ratchet & Clank and Horizon Forbidden West. Right. These were both uh, great games, but I don't know if they moved the needle at all. Whereas you saw PlayStation last generation... In like banger after banger with new IP um, or revitalized franchise, whether you think of the first Horizon or you think of God of War, um, Bloodborne, stuff like that, like just consistently. And then, I mean, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two. these were like huge, huge, huge games that made it clearly obvious this is why you want to play on PlayStation. And also to continue to kind of tie this into subscriptions why we won't put our stuff on subscription it's that good that you will pay full price for it and so now uh with playstation 5 we've kind of gotten these good sequels but not necessarily as revolutionary or as amazing as the one that came before it and i don't think the playstation's in, in trouble or anything like that they definitely aren't I, especially with their sales <laughs> right but <laughs> 
I think there's something to be said that they haven't necessarily had like an insane title for PlayStation 5 really that kind of like shakes everything up as far as like an industry perspective. Now, we so we've taken we've gotten a lot of shit on Sacred Symbols about how we are a bit trepidatious towards the new God of War, but I really feel like a lot is riding on God of War that if it it needs to be more than just more of the 20, 2018 God of War, it really needs to kind of up the ante. And then especially as we kind of move into the PlayStation 5 only era, because if people start to not feel like they're getting that like premiere experience from Sony first party, mm. people are going to start being like, well, why aren't we should put these games on the subscription service, right? Why aren't you doing what Xbox does? You know, it's it's got to... It's almost like they have to be extra worth it compared to the to, to the competition in a lot of ways. And the so on the Xbox side, as far as like where I see things going, is that it's really one of two ways. If they can get that management down, like I mentioned, Xbox is going to be a juggernaut, like insane. If they can have hit after hit multiple times a year, it'll be insane. It'll be crazy. And I mean, with Activision and Blizzard in the mix, uh, I don't know if how many of those will be exclusive, but just think about it from a Game Pass perspective. That's a ton of value and content to put on that service that just makes it that much more appealing. So on the other hand, if they can't get their studios managed properly, then they're just continually going to disappoint even their most hardcore fan base. And that's that's a problem. So I feel like right now, even though we're a few years into this generations, we're still kind of at a crossroads for where things are going to go based on how the next eight to 12 months works out. Okay. So you mentioned God of War Ragnarok, it needing to be different. And, and I think a lot of people I think on kind of the internet, or I guess you could say in the industry side of the internet or something are, I think agreeing with you for the most part and saying like, yeah, it does. It doesn't need to be somewhat different. I do feel like a lot of people are having issues and I really do think that's why they didn't show that much of the game when they announced the release date. I really think they were like, we need to make sure this is like polished and ready to go because we do not want why are the boat animations thing this like the same argument come up again. So what does a what does Ragnarok need to do for in your mind to be like, okay, this is this is a PS4 generation. This is gonna be a great start. I guess really a mid-cycle kind of thing. Eh, it's not really mid. We're kind of like in a weird spot in the generation. But what does it have to nail for that to be like? Oh, this was this was what it needed to be. Yeah. So I, it's kind of a weird. I'm trying to think of how to put this because it, I don't it definitely is a weird question. So I don't blame you at all. I, I'm very oh, curious because no. I don't I don't really have an answer either. I I would be happy. Me personally, like me, would be happy with 2018 God of War because I loved that game. But is that what PlayStation needs right now? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I think they really need to blow people away with this game. I just don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it needs to be more expansive in the areas that the first game kind of was not so great. And I that's kind of a vague term. So to elaborate a little more, I think about one of the weakest aspects of 2018 God of War to me is that it was like trying to be somewhere between a linear experience and then have like a weird yep. 
not open world is not the right way to put it, but like mm. this travel system where you go through the game, yeah, like so, an open sandboxy kind of weird in between right. with a world type situation. They they did. Um, I hope I'm not pulling this out of my ass. I'm pretty sure they confirmed that all nine realms are in the game, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so, so that's I crazy. Yeah. So I'm curious what that's gonna look like. Maybe that's what they're kind of. Maybe that will be a solution to your kind of needs to be more expansive thing. I, I don't know. I, I had issues with the um, the main game I, I really did love. The only major issues I had is uh, when you finish the game, it was kind of like, all right, go do the stuff. But like it wasn't really made to do that because like there were whole areas that you had to you would go to like a collectible but it wasn't accessible anymore because of an event in the story. So like you'd have to like entrance from another way, which means you have to like go around the map, the other entrance rather than this very fast way through. So there was a bunch of weird things like right. that for me, but um, were there anything else other than expansive that you think that they kind of need to now? I think, um, I think as long as they bring story chops, which I don't mean to, you know, call it the director or anything. I think I'm sure he's uh, going to do a great job, especially since he has Corey Barlog definitely helping him but there's a new director on this so like who the hell knows what this is gonna be right yeah there's definitely um you know it's it can be a little bit up in the air when you have a leadership change like that but with i think Corey's still involved enough that i think so. i feel confident in some way about that aspect of it but that's one of the it's just one of those things where you don't want to necessarily reinvent the wheel with a sequel but at the same time, you don't want to do too much of the same stuff. And I think that's why uh, we saw Horizon kind of score slightly less than the first one is that it kind of didn't feel as fresh as it did the first time. And did you agree with I, that? I'm, what's that? That it that it wasn't as fresh. Did you agree with the overall did, sentiment? I think the I think everyone kind of thought that. Did you agree? Yeah, I, I did agree over. I mean, I think there was some cool like the it's a visually like a fantastic game. And I just like a lot of the times I just felt like I was kind of playing the same game again. Oh. Like the, there wasn't necessarily that much new about, it. I mean, the story was really cool and I like that aspect of it, but uh, horizon is a game that I appreciate for, like, I don't necessarily love the, the combat and I don't love the open world kind of Ubisoft style aspect of it, but I love the story and I love the characters in the world. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a me thing, but so yeah, it's, it's something with God of war where it's like making it fresh enough, but also familiar. And I don't think Sony has gotten that quite right yet mm. with the sequels they've done this generation. I'm famously inconsistent <laughs> with my, uh, kind of judgment towards games specifically in this nature where i was happy with horizon forbidden west and i would be happy if if god of war ragnarok was a better god of war 2018 in every way but wasn't this revolutionary game but i found myself saying exactly what you're saying but with starfield when it was field i have that's one of my this that's one of my most popular videos actually on this channel is me and um, a co-host I had brought in Emmett just shitting on Starfield because I just did mm. not like what I saw after all of that time and hype. It's Bethesda in space. But again, I find myself not really having that critique with Horizon and with God of War because I don't know, maybe it's just more my type of game. But I do feel you with 
the kind of like, you know, it needs to be different and stuff. But I just wanted to bring up that, like, I find it interesting that I'm inconsistent. So I'm curious if, if many other people out there are also inconsistent. Because I, I literally did the exact thing of, like, Starfield came out. And I was like, oh, this is a Bethesda game in space. Okay. Like, and it mm-hmm. seemed like a lot of other people's reaction was, holy shit, it's a Bethesda game in space. Holy sh-. Like, people, that was sure. the exciting aspect. Whereas that was, like, my... Like I thought this was well, gonna yeah. be I thought this was I thought this was an evolution. I thought this was a Uncharted three to Last of Us situation. Not perfect. Mm-hmm. It would really be Uncharted Two to Last of Us um situation here, but we're really just getting a sequel but in space, I feel like. Oh yeah. I mean the whole Starfield thing is that for Bethesda fans, I, I don't blame them for feeling the way they do about that game. Like you said, it's Bethesda in space, which is cool. Yeah, but I get for, it, for, but it's just... for Yeah, for me, it's just kind of Fallout 4, which is a game I really liked and enjoyed, but it felt like they were kind of a little bit with um, a step behind, yeah. a step forward and a step behind at the same time. Yeah. Still had some of that stuff that you're like, wow, you haven't really modernized or the things that you did try to do new, like the settlements weren't very good. Oh, and no, so they when they come out with Starfield and they're like, Oh, a thousand, whatever thousand planets or whatever. I was like, like, I'm no. supposed to be excited about that. You guys no, no, were having no, no. issues yeah. with the regular game. So now I have to be like excited about a thousand planets. Oh my yeah. God. That was very much like, I feel like I felt like I was Dustin. I felt like I was going fucking crazy. I was like, no one <laughs> else sees this. I'm like worried about this game. Like, I don't think this is going to pan out like everyone thinks it will. I fucking hope I'm wrong. I was wrong about other games that I said the same thing. I was wrong about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I know it wasn't super popular among most people, but I fucking loved that game. I I shitted on that every single time I saw it because I hated every trailer. I really thought it was corny. The UI looked terrible, but I was completely wrong and I loved that game. So I really am hoping that Starfield's going to come out. Tom Howard himself will come to my door and be like, go fuck yourself here's the game and i'm gonna love it yeah he says that the famous look who's laughing now <laughs> look, That's what he says look who's laughing now to round this out because i know you have to go soon i wanted uh to start a tradition on the show where i end the show sure. with a question and this can be this is broad so ask me if you want it lowered but what is one thing that you see in the industry that you want changed Again, that's very broad. Let me know if you want to be narrowed it down a bit. We could talk about game journalism. We could talk about the culture of games. We could talk about the discourse of games. Reviews. I could go on and on about anything. But what's one thing that if five to ten years changes drastically to something that you want to see better of? What's one thing that the gaming industry you think is doing something wrong right now and you want you want fixed or modified in some way? Hmm. I feel like I can answer this in in multiple ways. Oh, me too. I, I could like... fucking go on. I'm very pessimistic, <laughs> especially yeah. with especially I'm very pessimistic kind of current, but I'm very optimistic long term. I kind of I've always been that way. So I I've, yeah. I feel the I feel you, dude. So here's the, the I'll answer this in two shorter ways. OK, the the way that I would like to see the industry change currently is just that. I'm. I don't know. And other people have said this, so I'm not saying anything new, but I'm concerned with this hyper fixation on everything blockchain and NFT related. And I know we we did an episode recently with uh, 
John Garvin and um, about his new game that's going to be and like have NFT aspects. Can you of give it. me like and the tail DR of that? I have not seen it, so I can't the, relay what it was. The too long didn't read is just that. They want to their argument is that it's a way for players to engage with the game further and mm. be able to um, take more ownership in the game itself, whether it's through getting in-game items, they're doing other stuff or earning items or being able to sell them or whatever. And the the I throw up the red flags to that just in that. Gaming hasn't had its purity for a long time. We're long gone from the days where you buy a game, you put it in your system and you play it. And then when you're done, you can say you had a great time. We're long past that, right? With the age of DLC and subscriptions. And I'm not saying those are all bad or anything like that, but obviously it has changed, right? And so I guess I'm just hesitant to add something called play to earn or something <laughs> like that. It's just like... Let's let's maybe take off the the money, the dollar sign eyes for a moment and just think about why people love this hobby. And yeah. so that's that's the one aspect. The other aspect that I'll just say briefly is just that. From a community standpoint, I just am so surprised at the level of uh, console wars stuff that's still out there that people I, I, I know that something happens for us a lot with sacred symbols is that. There's people that use our content uh, as like bottom. I call it I call it in our personal discord channel. And like when I talk to the other guys, I'm like, it's bottom feeder content yeah. is that yeah. we say something on the show. And then so someone goes and makes a video about it, about how either stupid they think we are or something like that. And I'm like, come up with your own opinion that's worthwhile and make content about that. Like. Who cares? Like, why? Why would you like? Who cares what you think about we what we said about a video game? It's like so many layers. Oh of yeah. Meta oh yeah. Of a conversation. That's like eight. That's like a fucking onion. Like you're you're yeah. you're debating about a niche hobby that is about a niche system about three guys that are having their own opinions. Very interesting. Right. I've seen it, this too. Like, He's not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. Like. People yeah, make this content that's centered around shitting on the other systems. And I really, I really can't imagine that headspace. I, I imagine these people are, I, I don't want to be mean here, but I imagine these people are sad or something. I don't know. Maybe there's something unfulfilling, but I've seen, I've seen what you're talking about on Twitter. Um, I don't, I'm not touching that stuff on YouTube because YouTube will be like, oh, here's the garbage train coming. <laughs> so I right. can't touch that stuff on YouTube. But on Twitter, I'll see it every now and then. And like, what, what is this? I remember being, um, I remember I thought I was naive as fuck. Like 20, I want to say like eh, 2017 to 2019 ish era being like, I kind of thought it was over. I really did. I, I didn't think really it was a big deal anymore. And I feel like Twitter slowly kind of like cultivated this, I guess, hate culture. I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe just super love culture. Maybe they're just super hardcore to it. But I really, I really don't know what the hell all that's about. Yeah. I think that now that Xbox is competing on a much higher level, that it's kind of rebirthed some of that. And I'm not saying it's just Xbox fans. I think that. It's because the Xbox fans are out fighting, the PlayStation fans are like, well, something that the fanboys or whatever are out to fight too. And it's like, that's one thing, if I'm proud of anything with Sacred Symbols, is that I really do feel like we try to be as fair as possible, where we will be like, yeah, 
Xbox was right about smart delivery. Xbox isn't nickeling and diming their customers. And like we it's funny that people will be like, I'm never I see on Twitter people like, oh, I'm not listening to sacred symbols, the fanboy crap. And I'm like, we shit on Sony more than anybody. Yeah. More than anybody. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think that people need just need to be more honest, more analytical. And it's okay. These are just they're really just toys. When they it comes are. down to it, the yeah. adult toys that we play, not that kind of adult toy, oh. but you know what I mean? We <laughs> adult about toys that we play with. And uh, yeah, so everyone just needs to take it easy. Take it easy, everybody. That's straight from Dustin Furman himself. Blockchain fandom. Those are the two things that you like to change. I, you know what? I'm right there with you. I, I never, as soon as I, as soon as a man that wants to make money says he will help me make money, I immediately go, there's bullshit somewhere around this. Mm. <laughs> I really doubt yeah. that you're worried about me not making money here. So uh, let's back this up. And yeah, play to earn. I, I can't remember who said this for the life of me, but um, I can't. It was someone I, I hosted somebody on the show. Uh, it's not important. But they were basically like, um, uh, yeah, playing games like that. That's how I want to make money is is just playing a game, earning things and selling it. Also, it's always interesting that we've already been doing this. Um, I was never in the scene, but I always I remember seeing um, when I was first getting into like watching Twitch streams and stuff. Uh, mm. Counter Strike Go, I'm pretty sure that's oh, the yeah. one that you can sell stuff on it, right? And right. like World of Warcraft, you can do that too. So I was like, we, I mean, people are already kind of doing this, so I was confused on that too. But I guess now you'll earn it or at least be able to own it via a unique ID. I don't know. But I, I very much agree with the the fandom notion. I think I think your your guys' route in Sacred Symbols is the one that will ultimately win the discourse or whatever you want to call this, where you really do just take facts on the face. You don't really wrap it in anything. I think we all have biases that you can't really control and even subconsciously yeah. you don't know you're even doing it, but the littlest of nitpicks at that point, I think, is being brought up. But I think you guys are doing it probably probably the best out there. And I, I really do think. And I think that shows in uh, being the number one gaming patron in the world. Yeah, man. It's amazing uh, what not telling what your audience what to think and fucking crazy. They don't constantly. It's amazing what that will do for your platform is just being decent to your audience. But how dare you not vote for the person man. I want you to? What the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> exactly man. interesting it's crazy yeah so dustin i know you gotta go so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go this was a great conversation we nailed a bunch of things that i wanted to talk about so thank you so much for first off donating your time thank you for coming on and again yeah. congratulations with the success that you found yourself man this is great thank you man thank you for having me best of luck to you with uh this endeavor i think you said this is kind of like a, a newer thing that you're doing so, right or is it your host is kind of uh like out for a little bit right yeah, yeah yeah. so my normal show is the easy trivies game podcast we just do gaming news general gaming news i go on research stuff i write up a docket and cover it on the show sometimes it's an hour and a half sometimes it's two hours but that's the normal show of course you have sacred symbols so what did i want to do i wanted to bring you on i wanted to just give you a full-on interview i just wanted to talk to you and um, there will be, uh, I should have said this at the beginning, if you're here for the regular scheduled Friday Easy Achievers podcast, that will still be there. I'll record that tomorrow as of recording. So that's being recorded Thursday. So don't worry about that. The regular stuff's coming, but I did want to do this. I've always wanted to do an interview-esque type of show because there's just so many people I want to talk to. 
And I just wanted to bring you on because uh, you were literally the first person I have invited, and you said yes, and I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, "Whoa, what?" Hell yeah, dude. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah!" You you emailed me back, and I was like, I looked over at my phone, I was like, "He fucking emailed me back, dude." You have no idea how many people just ignore you. So I was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" <laughs> I, I always try to at least email back. Sometimes, like I I haven't done one of these in a while because mm. I did a bunch in a row, and you kind of get burnt out on. I imagine on doing that. And you so, have a full fucking job so yeah i yeah. imagine it's hard yeah so you hit me at the right time so i'm um, glad glad we could do this thank you for having me it's much appreciated of course. thank you so much for joining us for this week's easy achiever i i don't know thank you so much remember go achieve